Today, This American Dice presents The Fate of Blackburn the Lesser, a Dungeon World game, Episode 6. Chased off by orc hounds and javelineers, the team sent to find or avenge Piranesi's heir apparent find themselves searching for where to go next. And will one of the Honor Guard be the end of Farley? Find out today on This American Dice. I think that's another charisma roll for the faint part of it. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's probably that. Okay. Sounds good. Hey, look, another one. Let's see what I get next. And a two. So that's a total of four. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. By Carrie Ann Moss's blade. Oh, wow. <laughs> Cannot pull one over on Carrie Ann Moss. Damn. Oh. Yeah, I think that there is that noise of the actual hounds in the back. So she does look behind her and you get this stuff out to do it. And you like you're you're doing it and you're like, I'm smooth as fucking butter, baby. And you put this uh, you put this stuff on there. You don't even like you don't even look. But um, but when you go to scratch her, she just this is a lady who knows what's up and just moves way faster than you were ready for. And she just grabs your hand in that like crazy. Um, is it Aikido or Hopkido kind of like like hand holds kind of a thing where like this woman's gauntleted hand just grabs yours and you're like, oh, shit, and drop it immediately and are like, my hand is not going to function anymore. Uh, yeah, you're like. I don't know if I can ever do coin tricks. Oh no! Uh, and I'm never washing it again. Yeah, and, I, and she touched it. Uh, but yeah, so you're yeah. She just grabs that and kind of like hoists you over, and um, uh, <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I think she has you has you down like this, and I think at this point, just kind of like. Uh, just puts this sword to your throat and says, more treachery, more betrayal. I can't believe this. And um, we see her just kind of press at this blade and we're going to hop back to the other guys. So you guys are, are being chased by these hounds. The hounds are super close in. You guys are heading north. We had you make defy danger rolls. He said the hounds are, like, right at your feet. These things are faster than you. If you just keep running, they catch up to you. Period. You have to do something different to get away from them. Your other option is turn and fight them. But you know there's also apparently jav... Javeliners? There are orcs with javelins. Presumably orcs uh, with javelins who had earlier attacked you guys and if you stop to fight these hounds they are also around is there like a defensible position somewhere in this Ooh. quarter that sounds like a I almost said read a bad situation but a discern realities role I feel like a warrior of your renown could make that on the spot I'll give that a shot yeah it's a 10 plus uh, that gives me 3 okay Go for it. What do you what do you what are you asking? Um, let's see. I think the way I set that up was um, Is there a defensible position? Is kind yeah, of how what, you... yeah, I think the one that relates most is uh, what here is useful or valuable to me. Um if you guys are just drop dead sprint as fast as you can moving ahead, you're gonna get close to where Farley is. 
this was a wealthy orc's house that you're coming up towards. And so a lot of the lower part of the building was made out of that coquina and like a thicker portion of it. So this may have been a multi-story building in the past. And maybe Donato, if you were making this role, you could tell this information, but uh, Pascal is just like, that looks good. Um, and so the walls are thicker there because they had to support more weight and thus have been better at resisting not only fire, but erosion and kind of like the ravages of what has a, what has passed as life here on this quarter among the few beggars and scavengers who live here apparently. So uh, this area is like a place that you could duck behind some stuff to avoid some of these javelins possibly. And is this like a like a rich orcs mansion type thing? Is what you're saying? Yes, but even among these rich orcs who lived here, these houses are still small. And if they were multi-storied, they would have the the higher stories would have collapsed. Hmm. Okay. So that's why it's like the you have half of the first story available, if you imagine that. Yeah, that's, they, that's like, enough. That's defensible. Yeah. So you're like, I can duck behind that shit. It'll work. And then what should I be on the lookout for? Go. Oh, maybe I'll keep this going with uh, Comet kind of carrying him. Just like, oh, that's where we need to go. We can put our backs against the wall and fight them off. And hopefully um, cut off their avenue from above. And then as hopefully we're limping over there, I'm going to ask what should I be on the lookout for? I think if it's, if it's easier for you, I think he's looking like, oh, is this ac actually a good position? Or, like, what would be their main avenue to attack us from here, perhaps? What should you be on the lookout for? What would be the... Yeah. Um, the deal with these hounds, I'll tell you about them. Um, they're these, they're these, like, almost kind of hunting slash attack hounds. And you had seen this before, but never really fully seen them in action. The deal is that since there are multiple ones, they are going to go after one, one of you and just pin that one of you to the ground. And while they try to, like, kind of bite and hurt you, um, if they can't do it, they'll give their masters the time to come over and then kill you. And so... I think you could tell by like kind of the tactics that you'd seen them utilize in the past. And also like when you've maybe been tasked with helping to guard some of the nobility as they go out on hunting trips, when they use dogs, there's like a similar thing there. These are just much more vicious versions of those. Although hunting dogs in general are inherently <laughs> vicious. Um, uh, but that's, like, that's the deal. So you know if if these things get to you, if you're at least in a safe location where you're not going to be hit by these javelins for now, you can fight these dogs. Great. Um, and then, uh, I guess... Also, oh, also you know that... I'll just give, give you this additional thing that you already sure. experienced. In a one-to-one -one fight, if, a, if one of these dogs encounters someone who will fight them it will retreat to go get more of themselves or their masters. And so mm -hmm. instead it will be like, my job now is not to fight you. 
It's to go get the other people to tell them where you are. Yeah. Um, hmm. um, yeah, I think the last one I was going to do is who's really in control here? Like, is it works without a doubt? Oh, in this situation, who's really in control here? I'm going to answer this one in kind of a tough way. The orcs seem less in control than you would have maybe thought. These dogs would be useful in a fight and in an attack. Absolutely. But they are not as useful. They seem to be hunting something or more likely someone. And what based on what you heard from the bandit... The idea that uh, the heir apparent, Blackburn the Lesser, hopefully pray and save him future Hugo Blackburn the Tenth. If he's really alive, there's a chance that they're hunting him and they're looking for him. So you've got that, but the fact that they're still on the hunt means that they don't, they have not found what they're looking for. So who's in charge, who's in control? It's not them. Jesus. It's Jesus. Um, <laughs> played by Carrie Ann Moss. No, the, uh, it was an interesting casting choice, but we went with it. Um, does that answer your question, or do you feel that's a cop-out? Uh, no, I think so. So, um, yeah, your warrior instincts kind of... Uh, Martin Downey Jr. slow that world down to like piece that stuff together um, as you guys are kind of swarming to this thing. And I think uh, he, he kind of, as we're limping over here, hopefully he's just like, all right, Comet, uh, friend, if you can get me to somewhere, somewhere I can defend this area, hopefully you two can back me up. <laughs> he says probably less confident than he usually is. Hold on. What... Did I say Martin Downey Jr.? I was wondering who that was, too, and I'm like, eh. Guys, you don't know <laughs> Iron his, Man star? Yeah, his, his lesser-known understudy. Just as talented. I'm tinfoil Iron Man. <laughs> Tin Man. Yeah, I, uh, I did just watch a movie, Tough Turf, with James Spader, when he still went by Robert Downey. As opposed to his brother, Martin Downey. Anyway. Boy, oh boy. Martin Downey Jr. I'm sorry, David. Were you were you set with what you were saying? Yeah. I was hopefully setting up a, a defend move in the future for, for Comet. Okay. Um, Donato, you're not carrying Pascal, right? I'm helping as much... Yeah, basically, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, what's your wisdom? And comment what's your wisdom? Thirteen. Um, mine is uh sixteen. Oh, you blow him out of the water. Um, even dragging Pascal, like helping Pascal along, you notice that you're like, there's already a bunch of dead orc dogs over here. And the big thing that you notice is, um, you see a woman in uh this. The, the honor guard armor and you sh see that she's holding something as you guys are like trying to like like hunker down 
Um, and she's kind of like lean, like hunched over it. She's hunched over something. Uh, I'm gonna uh, point it out to the group, definitely, uh, and just say, "Bunch of dead dogs, uh, lady." It looks like she's covering something. Is this on the on our route that we're we're taking? Yeah, it's nearby this house, or nearby the 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 destruction of this house. And yeah, you can see there's like four or five of these uh, orc hounds that have been, their bodies look just absolutely destroyed. Like, one of them's at least cut in half. So we don't have implicit reason not to trust them, right, from our perspective yet? The guard? Uh, fellow warriors? Not to so. my knowledge. Yeah. I so, think so. <clears throat> yeah, I think as we're going then, Pascal might be like, what there? Lady. This way. I found a safe place. As we're hobbling over there. Farley. So. What was your HP looking like before? Seven. Seven. Ooh. Hit me. Okay. So. So I had two ways of doing this. Of one just being like, this lady's just going to. Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's let's do it because maybe you get lucky on the damage roll. The other alternative I was going to say is this lady's just like, you know what? I'm so sick of this. You're going to die and I'm going to die with you. And it's just like, I'm just going to impale both of us. Oh, so let's that maybe makes a little less sense. But let's have you. Uh, yeah, let's just have you make those 2d10s. Highest roll is uh, hold on a second because it's a percentage die. That is a okay. Highest die is a two. Actually, I rolled a one and a two. Damn, you, yeah, that's you insane. Real, you really luck out in this situation because after I was a like, series of bad rolls, yes. <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay. So, what would a death roll be like if I was just like she just kills you? Like, like there's no there's no getting around it. This lady's just gonna kill you. Um, um she like turns she puts this sword and you you can actually tell me exactly what this is going to be like but she is absolutely she is going to kill you at this okay. point she's decided like you're this traitor i absolutely can't trust you in any way why would i ever have and she's almost doubting herself and kind of having this like of course i'm an idiot this is all and like that kind of a thing you and, might want to uh, keep me alive and she goes to do this and uh I think that's when you hear these weird noises that you don't know how to describe. You might say they sound almost like rain hitting a tin roof. And okay. in the process of about to kill you, she stops. And I think that the deal is that uh, she's just been killed by several of these javelins. Oh, okay. And so that's the thing that saves you, maybe. So how does I, it? How I does look her in the eyes up? and I tell her, "I'm, I'm very sorry. I'm really sorry. I wish it hadn't happened like this." Um, but yeah, she like blood flecks her lips, and she looks shocked. And then she just keels over, and there are three or four javelins uh, piercing her back. All right, yeah, and that's like and like going through this like heavy armor too. Mm -hmm. and she's just kind of 
frozen in that pose that she was going to kill you in. Of like, like, oh, I'm going to run him through, almost like holding you with one hand, locked in this like Aikido or Hapkido like wrist lock and was just going to run you through. And uh, she's just stuck in that pose. Okay. I'm looking around for the source of the javelins. Oof. Um, with a quick glance, you do not see it. All right. I'll, uh, um, I'll push her off me and I'll, I'll uh, I don't know, what would an orc do in this point? I think cut off a finger, probably. Okay, damn. So I will, I will do that because I want to fit in. I, I'm assuming. Well, I don't know these are javelin orc javelins, do I? Um, no. But if Pascal was shouting to her, does Farley hear that as well? Um, yeah, shit. Absolutely. Yeah, we had said that the storm stopped. So yeah, when Pascal yelled out to that, uh, to that guardswoman, Farley, you do hear this. So you're maybe like, give me this finger, you, and then you hear that. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. I wasn't going to do that at all. I'll uh, I'll put her finger back where it's supposed to be. And uh, You did cut it off. You put it back. <laughs> I put it right back. <laughs> um, all right, I will I will head up. I'll put my hands up, and I'm like, it's me, <laughs> Pascal. It's me. It's Farley. I'm not an orc. We thought you, you look like an orc. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. I really appreciate it. I'm actually kind of flattered by that. Uh, and I'll scurry over, and I'm like, so, I didn't get much from her. She was mostly trying to kill me the whole time, but she did say there were traitors that helped the orcs get inside, and she thought I was one of them. So, just, you know, just so you know. Uh, how are you guys? Like, and I'm looking them up and down, like, they're injured again, right? Yeah, they, they look pretty bad, and I think as you're having this conversation, un you hear these hellhounds, like, bounding towards you guys. Yeah, I don't have any weapons. She uh, she threw them on the ground back there. <laughs> yeah, you can go you can go back to find them, but they definitely aren't in the area that uh, Pascal and Comet and Donato are trying to hunker down. They're more like they're in the clearing, Bambi. Hide! Let, I'll see what I can do. Hide, and I'll walk out toward where the dogs are. And I'm like, I'm dressed as an orc. I'm gonna kind of like go, like I'll bark at him. It's like, I try to get them to stop. I'm going to have you make an, a charisma roll for this uh, because I think it's like, well, these hounds wouldn't be based solely on appearance, but I think they could they could definitely be tricked by this. And your charisma is pretty good. Okay. I'll give it a shot. One second, buddy. God, I always roll a one, like, first. Okay. Hey, in, one, in the last roll you made, it helped. I got a six, so that's a, uh, a total of eight. Total of eight. Hey, that does it. Unfortunately, we had a little bit of a hiccup. Jared had to pop out of the game uh, at this point, and so, unfortunately, he won't be joining us for the rest of this episode, and we had to kind of figure out what to do and where to go from there. I think we got to an okay place, but I guess you can be the ones to make that decision, because we decided in the end to keep going for a little while, and uh, this episode fills itself out. Okay, so you 
So you... the idea is we never saw those those dogs or the lady or anything, right? Um, no, like That's the dogs the... had been chasing you guys, or the the hounds had been chasing you for sure. You guys hid over here. You see, um... just not the lady. That's no, I think you changing. do see her, but when you see somebody stand up, at first you're like, that's an orc. And then the person acts in a weird way, and you're like, nope, that's Farley. And when you call, and you, you call, you start calling out to her, as you did, um, the orc, uh, Sharab drops completely. And very clearly it's Farley, and he's like, giving you the like shut the fuck up like hide and then he kind of slinks off in another way and these dogs follow him and they stop snarling and growling and going crazy and you hear footsteps and other stuff and it's leading off in a different direction and so things are quiet for you guys so you're like oh shit Farley led them away and gotcha. now one of you guys is like, oh, I go after Farley to help him. God damn it. <laughs> you are very close to um, the spot where you saw this person who you think is in uh, honor guard armor. And they're also a bunch of these dead orc hounds. And here is that, um, like the destroyed kind of like grotto or not grotto, uh, like Mance or whatever of this yes. wealthier orc. Yeah, guy. this was by far one of the nicest houses. And Donato, you can probably remember some of these when they before they had been destroyed. Oh, sure. Yeah. Tell me a little. Like, tell me a little about them, baby. Oh yeah, like I'd been to like the orc equivalent of um like a a masquerade ball here once. Doesn't look anything like the ones we're used to. There's a lot more. Uh, like I didn't belong there at all. And like I sort of stayed at the sides, but I witnessed like they're like coming together in, in their version of high society. And I was like, didn't understand the proceedings, but like I was really impressed by it. And like clearly, whoever whoever lived here was uh, like a big big deal. Yeah. Um, like I said, this place is not. In regard to the geography that it takes up, it's not huge, but it was probably several stories tall. Um. Yeah. Carl, I got to tell you, I got to ask you, what was one of the things in this Orc High Society that you're like, well, this is fucking throwing me for a loop. Um, well, one of them was that magic was so commonplace amongst the people who were of sufficient like station that even if they themselves couldn't do damage, that uh, couldn't do magic, rather, they'd always have someone with them who could do it. And so it was almost like a matter of course that like when two people interact of they were high in orc society like some magical display or like some magical exchange would be happening and as, as a human even though i was trying to learn it at the time like i couldn't even begin to like make an introduction of myself because i couldn't see through the proper protocol like i couldn't do any of that stuff okay so it'd almost be the equivalent of like anytime two like extremely fancy orcs and well-to-do orcs meet they both have to cast prestigitization in order to there be like go. oh how, how fair and well met yeah kind like, of a thing like, stuff that like the court jesters me included would try and like simulate for entertainment they could do that for real it just is like a matter of course and they just did like to introduce each other just like passing by all right 
Cool. But yeah, so this is this is there. This place had been like a good place for you to hunker down. You thought, Pascal, you were like, okay, you were running through the numbers in your head of um, if I have to stay here and just keep fighting these guys, how many of them can I kill and where should I stand to let these other two uh, shitheads go ahead of me and do whatever <laughs> they need to? Like, you were probably as a warrior like, maybe I need to figure out how I can uh, best last stand this. And then you're like, oh, never mind. I don't need to do it all. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is where you are. There seems to be uh, this. Um, yeah, like I said, like a conflict had occurred here earlier and you see that armor. And now that things are calmed down and you don't have to take fleeting glances while hiding behind a thing, you can see that's definitely a, a the dead body of an honor guard. And things seem calm now. So if you need to go out and investigate what's up. I think Pascal is using his uh, spear as like a crutch, just kind of uh, surveying a bit. Kind of a... Uh... I mean, I don't think I'm going to mechanically do this because I think I, I'm, I'm the one who's... Uh, making all the uh, certain realities rolls. So I'll let either V2 do it if you'd prefer. But I think I just want to get that image out that he's using this spear as a crutch right now. And it's just like, that was a close one. Can't believe that, friends. Awfully too close for comfort. You're all right. Not quite. Uh, not going to run for a bit. Oh, boy. Oh. And oh, maybe he, he sits down and like takes his boot off and all this blood like pours out of it oh yeah i think um yeah either you do that or you go to take this boot off and you just can't get it off of your foot like the pain is so excruciating you're like that's got to be cut off of my foot or and so maybe that's how you get it off or you're just like nope just bandage up the boot oh okay yeah then either one, of, that, either one of those yeah instead of taking off then maybe he's using his uh, herbs in, in his boot, I guess. Yeah. Like, stuffing them in there. Yeah, like like I said, I'd imagine you'd either have to cut the boot off of yourself, because it's just so incredibly painful to try to move this part of your foot, or you'd have to just stuff a bunch of stuff in there and be like, oh, I hope this bleeding stops. Yeah, that's probably what he'll be doing then. Donato will say, uh, I'd I'd sing you a mending rhyme, but I'm not sure now's the time uh, to be drawing such attention to ourselves. And he looks off in the distance and he says, if we get out of here and Farley doesn't, I'm going to have to write him quite the verse. And after he puts all of this into his boot, I think he, uh, maybe at least the camera sees this, he throws away his, his like little bag that he was carrying them in because that's the last of them. The big deal here is you're kind of among you're in the nicest area of the orc quarter. You've got these corpses of these uh, absolutely destroyed orc hounds. There seems like there was some kind of like terrible melee. There's a bunch of blood all over the place. This is at least the third one of these that you've seen. But there's also this uh, what is definitely the body of an honor guard nearby. So if you guys want to look around more, you can. Um, but at the moment, you're also in the situation of, well, where the fuck do we go next? Can I survey where we are exactly? 
Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're just trying to get the lay of the land and figure out what's going on around you. Yes. Um, the information you don't need to roll for at all. You, and with especially Donato just kind of giving you some like general information, you could tell that this is this was where there were large buildings. Mm. Um, you would guess that this is kind of the ruins of the wealthiest area of town. And um, some of the things kind of associated a bit with that are here. Maybe there were some courtyards or that kind of stuff. And maybe that's where you are is in kind of like a courtyard that was between some of these big, what would almost be manor houses, except in, uh, in a city. So I don't know what those would be called like big giant townhomes. Um, but yeah, they were, they, in the past, Carl Donato can remember them being like three or four stories, maybe not four stories, but like these substantial houses. Um, and, You're on what I'm going to say is you are on at this point, not the northernmost, not the absolute northernmost end of the island. It's not like, and then you take a few steps and the island's over. But this is where there had been this kind of natural barrier where there was maybe this like kind of natural cliff to it. And then maybe on the other side of the cliff, they had built up more levees and dikes and that kind of stuff to build up more landmass to this island. But the natural old town of the Orc Quarter had this as its kind of northernmost perimeter. So unless you're going to backtrack and go around this kind of cliff area, which could take you some time, you're you're done just going north. Uh, okay. Uh, at that moment, uh, I'm going to find just like a place to sit, whether it's like if we're in this town squarish, if there's like a broken remnants of the fountain, I'm immediately just going to sit on the edge of it and put my, <laughs> my head in my hands. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You're like, Oh God. Yeah. And this does actually kind of seem probably to you guys, like what the hell are we doing? We've hit a dead end. We don't know where we're going. There's just a bunch of eviscerated dogs and a woman's corpse over here. Um, our buddy at least led these people away. Pascal's going to lose a foot, probably. And uh, we don't know where we are. We don't know where we're supposed to go, I should say. You know where you are, presently. So you're saying we don't have any idea of which way to go to get where we want to go. Is that is that the idea? You don't without doing something else. That could be discerning realities. That could be maybe talking to a corpse you could animate. That could be um, using some other kind of divine magic. Yeah, those are the three easiest ways. <laughs> Not easiest. Those are three ways. But yeah. So, um... Unless, Comet, you were, when you were asking for the lay of the land, you were going for discern realities. Uh, I was not at the time. No. When we first got to this island, we were heading towards that statue in the middle, right? Right, and I think at this point you've passed it a bit. In part because you were just running away from those, the, your attackers. Okay. You actually never even encountered what was left of the statue. Okay. So it might still be around. You don't know. Um, 
So feel free to like not do this. But what Donato's gonna do is like seeing like the desperateness of the situation, he's gonna stand up and say, Look, Farley has made a noble choice and we might uh be down a man, but our mission remains the same. I say we keep going and he'll like point in the direction that he whichever direction he feels most likely the statue is in and says, If we stop now, we might never get up again. And then who will tell our tale? Not me. I'll be dead. And so will you. Let's go. I mean, the statue would be going back. So you could go back. Well, what about those those javelineers? You think they're, they're runoff? I think there's only one way to find out. And if we wait for them to come to us here, it's going to be a long fight with a predictable ending. It is a javelinier, by the way. I just looked it up. A javelinatrix. Nice. No, I'm just kidding. A very bossy javelin user. He's like, do this. Use my javelin like this. And she looks like Carrie Ann Moss. And she looks like Carrie Ann Moss. So Nato's idea is just to um, go back to the statue? Yep. Hmm. All right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Pascal does not look super happy about that, but he uh, kind of gets back up. Well, I guess no other better idea. Yeah, I'm plum dry on ideas. And I'm just going to slowly get up. <sighs> if you hear crying, don't worry. It's just me. All right. So you guys do see, like I said, there's all this. All these dead, dead hounds all over the place. So, you know, something went down in this location. Something did. I mean, I can, I can try, I can try to talk to another dead person, see what happens. Seems like it's a waste, but I, I feel like I'm gonna need like as many wet rags to wash my hands with as, as much as possible, because uh, I've touched one too many dead bodies today. Which I'm at my quota. We're at the quota for the quarter. Like we're going into quarter two. I don't. I don't want to keep touching people. You do, Justin, as a cleric, yes. have the spell Guidance, which could be useful to you. Oh, you're right. I do have Guidance. Uh, okay, okay. That might be a little bit better. Um, so uh, I, I, I can do Guidance, and uh, we could be led by my deity, um, and it, they essentially point towards the direction or the course of action we should take. Um, it is through uh, hand gestures. Luckily, my uh, my spirit is the symbol of hands. So um, just uh, give me... Uh, it is a rote, so should I... It, it will give me about... I believe it says with a rote, I have to do it within like the hour it takes a hot minute to do it if yeah. uh it says every time you commune and when you do commune is when you spend an uninterrupted time an hour or so in quiet contemplation with your deity oh ooh, that's required i mean there's so many other dungeon world games where we played where people used this power that we ignored <laughs> that and we could easily do that now, but that really makes me wonder 
in some of those other games where I was like, this made this too easy for you guys. Hey, if you want to make it easier on me, I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, I say you're that you're good. You've got you've got some time. You've got some minutes to do this. You don't have you're not on the run at the moment. Farley has bought you guys time. You can take a moment or so. And while he's doing this, um, if you guys want to investigate some other stuff, you're welcome to. So what does this look like? So like Donato is trying to basically like get everyone like moving. Like, okay, let's go. Let's go somewhere. But now it sounds like you no longer want to do that. So like, how does this play out? Do you have a revelation here where it's like, oh, I should do this instead? Like you disagree yes. with Donato? Uh, I think as we're, we're starting to to move, I'm going to go, oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Um, uh, I can uh, just give me like 30 to 40 minutes. Just give me a hot minute. A hot 40 minutes. A hot, like a hot 40. If you can give me a hot 40, I think I might be able to at least get some kind of deity compass. Does that make sense? It's, Sorry, it's, I'm really excited. I actually haven't done this uh, ever. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but we'll see what happens. And Zanata will like not look too pleased about it. Um... But he won't object. Uh, and he'll say, that's that's fine. I was just uh, just trying to get the creative juices flowing anyway. Oh, and you did. You did in a very big way. Uh, just, I I will be right back. And uh, Comet's going to look for a, like, amongst the ruins, if there's, like, the remnants of a large wall, he's going to start... As gross as it is, he's going to start using the uh, the blood that's coming from the uh, side as almost like paint. And he's going to start painting on a very large version of the, the bound hands. Oh, wow. Okay. I think I know what you're going for. So, yeah, Comet's in the process of doing this. And I think that is the communion where you, like, get into the zone of just your, like, your faith and your connection with your deity as you're kind of putting this there and offering up the sacrifice of not only your own blood, but how much it like hurts within your fingers and like doing this stuff as you're, you're setting this up. And eventually maybe it's not so much that you're dipping your hands into the blood, but your fingers themselves are bleeding as you're scratching them against this uh, wall. And, uh, and you, you, you whittle them down to the bone and then you go farther and you whittle them down into your just have nubs. No. Um, but yeah, so Comet is doing a terrifying piece of graffiti street art um, that looks like the world's that looks like a, a very terrifying like um, like Pray rosary. for my enemies. Ex yeah, exactly <laughs> like rosary uh, uh, artwork that's spray that's spray painted on a wall, um, and it's all in blood. So if, if there was a like a vampire gang in South Central Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, so, <laughs> um, my God, Carl, you have the power to move the walls. Um, but yeah, so he's doing that as, and you guys are just kind of waiting around and he said, give me like 40 minutes. You guys don't necessarily know if you have 40 minutes. I don't feel I, like we do. I, do. I think we can figure out a way for it to not be 40 minutes. Um, but even if you're going to wait 10 minutes, what the fuck are you two doing while he's doing his... Um... Oh, I'll tell you what I'm not doing. I am not discerning a single reality. 
You're like, you reality, that no interest. <laughs> uh, no, but in all honesty, I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start looking around, but like, while before he, while he does that, he's kind of like, while Pascal and him like have a moment, he's kind of like, you know, like look down at like his completely soiled clothes and like Pascal's ruined foot and like look up and like note Farley's absence and see like Comet like drawing in blood which is the thing he wants to do the least and he'll say to Pascal I'm gonna be honest with you Pascal spirit child I thought traveling with you would be funnier well, funny what do you mean well he like look like genuinely like confused like well because of your because of because you're the spear child. And you like look at your spear and he's like, I mean, come on. You You mean you you're gonna keep up this bit even now? A bit? I'm not hmm. What I'm not sure I'm not sure I catch your meaning. And he'll like take a step back and say, Oh, I see. You are you are dedicated to your craft, good sir. And he'll say, um I I'll, I'll have to write this in even in the face of certain death and abandonment and despair even now you you are dedicated to your uh to your role as uh spearkin you say what has the spear said anything useful to you lately and he kind of uh picks up the spear and he's still like limping but maybe walking a little bit and he says uh abandon no he's right here and despair well it's hard to despair when we have a mission don't we and like maybe now that i was realizing for the first time that like this guy is completely serious like he genuinely thinks like the spear is like is equal and uh he'll say um does having that with you make all of this easier oh it makes everything easier because you get to stab things with it, right? And he, he maybe he like uh, touches his chin for a minute. It's like, well, that does help. I don't mind that at all. But no, I was nothing before the spear. And in fact, you're not wrong. I was trying to ask it for um, maybe some sort of hint in what we should do next. Right when those, uh, well, that fearful rain started. And I will say, uh, well, what came next didn't seem very promising. If if that was the best the spirit god could do for us, oh, well, it didn't even have a chance to speak before those orcs came. Not the first, and I fear not the last time. And I'll say, I hope, uh, I hope not every prayer you make to that spirit isn't answered by a volley of hostile spears. Well, more than you think are, and. That's what makes things exciting. Then I will nod and sort of say, all right, so less funny, more exciting. Ah, uh, that that one I like more. Yeah, like write in his book a little bit more about like uh, about your adventures. He just writes like insane underline. <laughs> um, that suppose... kind of sets up pretty well i think i might try and do the heirloom move again if we're um done the conversation here yeah or when that ends at least yeah sounds good i was i was thinking you were moving towards that as well and uh yeah, yeah if if comet is taking even half the amount of time that he predicted 
there's still this time for you to give this a shot. Um, yeah, I got a, a 10. Finally. Oh, 10 minus, you mean? No. No. <laughs> spears again. <laughs> that would be incredible, though. Just spears came through this. All right. Well, um, talking to this goddamn spear. Yeah. So in the past, when you have spoken with this, you, you described kind of what your your vision is. So when we first see this on camera um, happening for sure, and it's no longer in like a, a flashback, this is the first time we see it happening presently. How does it look? I was thinking that it was just kind of a voice within the spear, but I mean, it, it's probably going to be more interesting if it's, there's there's a visual thing too. So maybe maybe the God of Spears does like appear to Pascal at the very least. Maybe it's like a said so it was like an ancient warrior, maybe like a Mesopotamian or like like an African kind of warrior. Yeah, no, no, uh, no minefields to walk in. All right. <laughs> no, no, you're, what, you're good. Oh. I'm trying to think. What I mean, what what do you think? I said it was a voice. We can just keep the disembodied uh, voice. Do you think it should be a Chinese god? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. No reason. No reason. Yeah. So are, do you see like an embodiment of a person? You're, you're, you're thinking you see this like older, like like a warrior from like a like a bygone era. Yeah. More like that. Thank you. <laughs> We see Pascal meditating with the spear after having talked to Donato about it. There we go. Pascal didn't talk to himself about it. He talks to a spear, not to himself. That would be stupid. <laughs> um, so uh, we see him kind of meditating with this thing. Uh, you said he often kind of puts the, the, the tip of the thing to his head. Kind of a deal. Um, I almost imagine it as if it's like a... Like if this was the, the tip of the spear, he does like this kind of number. So it's not like, I'm thinking, but that kind of thing. No, yeah, exactly what I'm. What I yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, man, I hope nothing startles me even slightly. Um, but yeah, he's meditating with that to his head, eyes closed, and then maybe he hears that booming voice, and um, I'm going to. I'm going to throw something in to, uh, to, to kind of uh, do a thing that Pascal has done, and you hear, whoa. Whoa, whoa! And when he looks up, he sees this almost glowing gold image. Almost imagine like if you took a uh, like an Aztec warrior and just took this person and said, okay, give me just their profile... I don't want any deep, like just the profile of them and they're glowing or like someone who's like adorned with like a crazy amount of like extra stuff, but they also have this uh, ton of Mesopotamian style, like robes and other things. So this is a person who has, they're wearing like every possible, they did not follow um, Coco Chanel's suggestion of take one item one accessory off before you go outside they were like i'll put five on and so yeah so it's this person who who you see like it's basically a a profile but golden or it's not golden it is the color of the metal of the spear 
I feel if this was in the 90s, it would be a very shitty CGI like version of the T-1000 that was coming towards you. But what's the not shitty version of this look like, David? No, I like that. Like a almost like a like a profile or like not a pro, you said profile, but like a silhouette. But that's like what a I meant. Metal yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's in this color. It's not like a metal man is moving towards you. It's instead there's this shining silhouette. <laughs> yeah. I am Metallo, the man without a heart, who has a heart of kryptonite or whatever it is. Um, instead, it's this silhouette that kind of appears before you, and uh, this is the image that you kind of see. And maybe this is, in the past, you've heard the voice. Maybe this is the first time you've seen this image. Oh, cool, yeah. Um, to like kind of kick in, like, hey, this is different now. A spear always moves forward. For a spear, there is no retreat. To go back now is only cowardice. Move forward. Find what you came here for. The one you came here for. And if they live, bring them home then. But to return sooner would merely be defeat. If not, avenge the one you seek. You serve a master. A spear serves its wielder. Are you a spear? Are you the greatest spear? The one that wields itself. Do not retreat. Is there a question you have that I could maybe give you a little bit more insight towards it? Aside from, don't just go back now. In Pascal's mind, maybe I'll do some, some monologuing. So I think he is now wary that there's traitors, perhaps in this, uh, the guard and the guard might be having something have some kind of a you know plot going on with the uh the duke that we're searching for so now he's not sure who he should be trusting or not anyone on this island that he didn't come with he's kind of uh questioning at this point so and he has no idea where the duke is either so his biggest questions are who can he trust and like where is this duke i guess i don't know if if this god would be able to answer it but Trust indeed your own warrior instincts, though other warriors have betrayed their vows. The point of a spear is where it is strongest, where it is deadliest. And in the greatest hands, that is the point that strikes the enemy. In the hands of those even greater, each part of the spear is a deadly weapon, and yet even it has weak points. Weak points to treachery. And indeed, treachery is what you see here. Find the traitors. Find those who have betrayed your cause. But in this quest, you must find a cause of your own. Spear child, be your own spear. Incredible. Yeah, I think he's just like a... Uh, my own quest. And there are traitors about... And he's kind of taking, oh, I'm going to kill these traitors from that. There we go. So, so yeah, maybe he'll just say to, he, he says that out loud as he's, you know, he opens his eyes, like as Donato's watching this, maybe. And that's exactly what he says. Like, they're traitors about, that's my quest. I think we're ready. <laughs> and Comet's probably like halfway done or something. 
He's like, I just have to scrape off one more of my fingers. Oh, God. He's just holding a stump of a hand. Um, Donato, anything else before this? Is there anything you'd like to look around at around here? Okay. All right. I'm so, just I'm just saying well, because when we start up, it will be boring to be like, let's get started. Actually, no, let's look around no, you're, now. You're, you're totally right. So while Kame is uh, finger painting with his insides and Pascal is talking to himself, uh, I will go ahead and like just look about. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you one of the – I'm just going to, without any rolling, give you some easy stuff that you can find – pretty quickly. One, there is a dead guardswoman here. She has been impaled with multiple spears. Does she have anything valuable? Aside from the look of buff Carrie Ann Moss, yes, she does have some things that are valuable. What are those things? <laughs> um, the charisma of Carrie Ann Moss. Now, um, I, I, I take that. No, Carl! What are you doing later? Um, uh, so... I mean, she does have this armor, and even though this armor is like has been like pierced by these javelins, this armor's pretty fucking good armor. Like the armor that these guards people use. If you guys were to want to be a little bit ghoulish and take this armor from her, it's, it's pretty good. I'm doing that. D do you do that? Yeah, I'm gonna put it on. Okay. You're inhabited by the spirit of Carrie Moss. Um, so, yeah. So, this is going to be kind of ghoulish because you're going to have to pull out these, like, javelins out of her and that kind of stuff. So, this is going to be a bit of a a bit of a gruesome scene. I I'm not a monster. I just don't want to die. Oh, it's reasonable. Um, but, yeah, you've got the time to be doing this while Pascal is communing with the, 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 the god of spears and All Comet right. is communing with uh, Ilmater. And, and what else do we – what else do I find around here? Um, well, do you want it? I can tell you about this armor. I would love to hear about the armor. Um, does that make sense? Or does, should he have to do like a thing about it? Or just tell him like, these are the stats of this armor generally. You should just tell him. Maybe there's, maybe there's more to it that you'll find out later. But, um, this armor is two armor, two weight, clumsy. You wear it. It's ornate, so it's, like, fancy, and it is prestigious. Like, wearing this armor, like, carries, like, a certain rank to it. Um, in the way that, like, oh, I'm wearing a... Like a Marine's... A Marine officer uniform kind of a thing. Like, oh, okay, well, we know that you're in charge here. All right. Okay. Uh, ooh, but there is an additional thing that you don't know unless you figure it out. Do I get the sense of magic about it at all? Um, fuck it. You do. All right. Well, then, being a bard who's especially interested in magic, I'll sort of think, wait a minute. Where have I encountered something like this before? And I'll ask you a question. And that question is, what else can this armor do for me? Sure. And you're going to have to tell me later how you know this. Absolutely. All right. So, um... I will tell you, not how you know this, but I will tell you what this is. Uh, these guards take this almost like oath, and this oath, it, they're basically, these guards are paladins, essentially. So, like, all of them are, all of them are serious business. And um, one of the things is that they basically take this oath as these honor guard 
that weaves itself into a form of magic. And one of the big deals is that they're very, they are focused on defending people. And once per combat, you can choose, if you are wearing this armor, you can choose to take max damage in another character's place if you could reasonably reach them. So you can intercede on another person's behalf, though you take max damage. So you could basically awesome. be like, oh, Comet's not taking that blow. I am. What is it? It's a D8. Well, I take eight damage, but yeah, I take it. He doesn't. Sonata will file that away under information that he will never use or tell yeah. anyone about. <laughs> okay. And he throws he throws it into the ocean. He's like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, so it is a uh it is a thing meant to defend. Nice. Very cool. So and and it's 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 not a separate move, right? It's just you say it happens and it happens. So Anyway, um, yeah, so that's there. So how did you, how do you know that? Um, a long time ago, earlier in his life, he was a part of a traveling theater troupe. And um, this troupe was like, like, a, like they would go from town to town, just sort of performing their act. And uh, for a, a very brief period of time there, and they were taking all sorts, like, and sort of incorporate them into their play. But for a brief period of time there, there was this person who really kept to himself, and he was pretty quiet. Um, but he he had this uncanny ability to do stage combat, like, some crazy stunts, and, like, he'd always come out fine. Like, that's what he was volunteered for. That's how he, like, got paid. And, uh, like, I sort of snooped around a bit at once when he was out of his quarters, and I saw armor look a lot like this. And like realize like oh this is like enchanted armor where like he can he can really sort of like put himself in these dangerous situations um, in ways that uh, shouldn't be possible. Um, of course he'd, he'd leave him messed up afterwards, but I always remember that like this this magic exists. And I never saw that guy again after he like left the troop after like three towns worth of shows. Huh. Okay. Interesting. So that also tells you that this would work even with someone who had not taken that oath and been a part of that oath. Whether he had taken the oath or not, I don't know. He could have been a deserter. Okay. But yeah, or, so not, or he not, found like in the, not in the service of some fancy lord or Right. This guy like wasn't that. like praying to his gods every day or anything like that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cool. I like that. All right. Um, but yeah, you find that armor. That's a big deal. Um, you also can find the less exciting since you have the time. This is you and Pascal. Um, you find three uses. Uh, you find some supplies. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll factor this in later. Could somebody make a wisdom roll for me about this? It is very low stakes, but I'll factor it into something later. I'll just do it. So, so either Donato or Pascal. Uh... Not seven. Uh, four plus one, five. Five. Oof. Stinky. Okay, not good. So we'll factor that in later. Right. But yeah, you find this stuff. Um, supplies from the boat. You realize like, oh shit, these are the supplies from the boat. And you find three things of rations. Okay. 
and you also find three things of adventuring gear, dot, 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 but specifically not torches. So, of the, whatever adventuring, of this adventuring gear that you guys have, you have however many uses, and that's like, oh, I need rope, cool. I need a tent, cool. I need, um, a torch, cool. Well, three of those things you can't say torch for. Okay. So it is specifically, you're like, weird. There's no torches in here. I would definitely include that in here. It's not there. And I was just going to assume they were already used. But okay. Uh, sure. Um, it's been super wet outside lately. So uh, okay. it would be, it would almost, so it it'd almost weird. be useless then. Like in okay. the last whatever amount of time, it'd be like it, you would have been out in the rain and it would be really tough to have used them. This would have been weird. So like something sparks in his head of like, huh, I would assume at least a torch would be in here. But you know what? It's not. Fuck it. Whatever. And I and along with torch, I include like a flint and steel or whatever it is to light the torch. So like that's not there either. Got it. Okay. Anything else? Well, no, that's the main deal. Okay, cool. But this comet is when you've completed the symbol of the hands bound in the red cord. And uh, is there anything else that you do to commune with Ilmater? Uh, I'm just going to kind of shake my hands out because they're pretty raw and numb at this point. And I'm just going to look and trust within. And I need your guidance. We're stuck and it seems that things are not going for the positive and I feel for the worst for us and the child. You can tell me how this is. You can tell me how this is indicated to you. But uh, it is indicated to you, Biomater, that there is essentially this cistern or sewer system that's nearby. And it goes into these kind of cliffs to collect rain and that kind of stuff. It's not a super huge system, prob like uh, presumably, um, where it's not like these like large ancient catacombs and the like, but instead this like, oh, there's a series of probably chambers in here meant to collect and gather water to feed wells to these larger estates. And um, only these rich people could have probably provided this. And when you look over, you realize that's what was, that's where this child has been taken in there. You realize there's, you were also alerted that there is still danger in that direction and that you must make haste. And, um, and just tangentially, you guys can figure out that's why this one guardswoman had stayed out here to be like, oh, if any additional people come out here, I'll try to act as some kind of, some way to stop people if I possibly can. 
Um, but yeah, it's there is a uh, in the ruins of one of these other buildings or near one of these other old townhouses. Um, there's kind of an underground, imagine like entrance into the cellar type thing that was hastily closed, though not not sealed up or covered up secretly. And it's just like, haha, there it is. Okay. Um and you and you know, and you know from your God's message, the kid is alive. That's the way to go. And there's danger down there for sure. Okay. Um, I think it would be interesting. I just remembered I was supposed to make you roll for that. Oh. Because it is a spell, right? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. Is it? Gu yes. Divine Guidances? Yes. Okay. Right? I know Guidances. Divine Guidance just says when you petition. Ooh, hold on. Let's see what that is. Maybe you can just get the same information without having to roll for it. <laughs> divine protection. Divine invincibility. Divine armor. Oh, such a big fan of John Waters' muse, Divine. Divine guidance. When you petition your deity according to the precept of your religion, you are granted some useful knowledge or boon related to your deity's domain. This hasn't so much... This wasn't couched in, like, the domain of your deity. Okay. So maybe this was... So maybe it could have been the spell guidance, then. Yeah, the symbol of your deity appears before you in gestures towards the direction or course of action. Yeah. It's probably that. Okay. So you, you're still going to get that information, no matter what the result. Okay. It's just, I feel like this will be our cliffhanger of like, uh, and then we'll figure out something that might go wrong or everything's good. Three. Jesus Christ. I think it'd be really interesting if it was almost like, uh, cause there's no, it's no secret that comments based off of a, a certain Marvel character that I like, uh, Especially from a series that just released, the I thought it'd be Hulk. really. It was a secret to me. <laughs> was it? I didn't know that. Uh, he's based off of Stephen Grant, so I think it, from Moon Knight, which I think would be really interesting if, while he's doing that, uh, when he, you know, from when they're in like the tribunal and Conchu's speaking from Mark Spector, I thought it would be really interesting if it's like Comet just starts jerking towards. The other direction and uh voice completely changes and goes back here in the catacombs there was an incredibly like boisterous like weird jerky thing i don't know get real left out of left field with it we see heavy armored boots in ankle deep water illuminated by torchlight one of the figures stops and we hear them say, go on ahead. I'll buy you the time I can. There's a pregnant pause, and then two of the three boot-clad figures move ahead. In less than a minute, a hulking figure with green glowing goo all over her arm, face, and chest becomes visible. The one who stayed behind, one of the honor guard, raises an already blood-soaked sword and girds herself for a battle she likely won't survive.
Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of Dungeon World, The Fate of Blackburn the Lesser, Episode 6. Blackburn the Lesser includes David as Pascal, Carl as Donato, Justin as Comet, Jared, briefly, as Farley, and Austin as your Game Master. Dungeon World is a game by Adam Cobell and Sage Latora. Music for this episode includes Winter is Coming Adagio First Snow by D. Yan Key, B-F-I-A-H-H by Cowpay, that stands for Buttfucked in a Haunted House, A Dangerous Location by Ron Ernest, Rallying the Defense by Per Kilstoft, and Churchy by Coven. Be sure to join us next week for another exciting episode of The Fate of Blackburn the Lesser. This time it'll be episode 7. Every Thursday, we have our long games, This American Monster. And Saturdays, our old long games go up on YouTube. Sundays, our old short games go up there. So you got a whole mess of stuff coming out four days a week. Be sure to check it out. Uh, like us on Facebook and go to our website. Tell a friend the whole nine yards. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. So, like I said, in the middle of this session, Jared had to go. No hard feelings. Jared's a great player. He's phenomenal. Brings a a lot to the table in regard to both his character and world building. But life gets in the way, and so he had to split. We're not sure if he'll be able to join us later, but the game plan is to collaborate with him a lot um, on some ideas about what his character is doing and what's going on in the world. So we had to talk about that, and this is one of those situations at the table, and I It's not ironically, but coincidentally, I guess. We had released a GM advice episode where we kind of uh, pontificated on what happens when you're missing a player and what do you do. So in the middle of this, we're missing a player now. What do we do? So here's kind of how we discuss this as a a team. Well, uh, it's nine. It's up to you guys. We can call things there if you want. Um, it's, it's really up to y'all. So I did not know how that was going to (laughs) go. I, Jared kept bombing those rolls and I was like, uh Oh, this might be a last breath roll for Jared. And I was thinking, I was like, this game's been fairly short. I don't know if I know these characters well enough to offer them like tough choices about this. Uh, well, what would you. What would be so crazy that make might make you say, no, I don't want to come back to life? Yeah, it's like, would you like to live, or would you like a hundred gold pieces? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you know how I feel about money. I thought, you were, I thought you were angling for, uh, you're now playing the guardswoman situation. I, in my head, I was like, well, the person it makes the most sense for you to become is this Carrie Ann Moss character. And that would honestly be pretty dope. Yeah. But I was like... I was like, if he doesn't die, I think this character needs to go away to make this like easier to like put, move along. I'm gonna put all of our amulets that we've accrued on her body and kill myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just hope for the best. Yeah, I'll stu- stuff this iron ingot and a bunch of fingers uh, on a string that I found. Put those in her uh, 
around her neck. Uh, so yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on that stuff? Should we wrap stuff up? We were at like 150. Uh, so it's up to you guys. We could try to keep going and that'll be interesting to do, uh, down a player. Um, yeah, I could, I wouldn't mind trying, but, um, I also, also, um, I know it's like really annoying, uh, editing, podcast stuff wise to like oh this person's silent for the entire second half but yeah i don't know I, oh i, I was... just just if <clears throat> if he if this had happened a little bit earlier before we revealed what was going on he'd be dead we, he was well no he was separated from the party so it would have been like we don't know uh, easy i was saying that same thing i was like uh, oh and we just got the uh, party back together too. yeah if this had happened 15 minutes earlier it would have been easy Again, the thing where the last thing he did was I'm going to try and distract these dogs and pretend I'm one of them. And mm. while he's doing that, <laughs> we'll just run. Um, yeah, I do think if you cut it here, it probably uh, I would probably cut it uh, early, like that 15 minutes earlier when when his life or death is still up in the air. OK, but. Also, I keep going. I don't know. So <laughs> I'm up for anything, dudes. Dude. I'm down to keep going. Um, but yeah, whatever's most convenient for you. So we could say almost that if we just stop it before like, uh, and I could cut out the thing of Pascal yelling over there and even you guys seeing them and have uh, when he wakes up, he sees these things and is trying to like distract them. And maybe he does distract them and you guys can get into a different direction. And so the three of you can head into one one zone. Oh, like what if it's like oh he he distracts them so well that the dogs will sort of like congregate around him like like being like really friendly with him like uh -huh. waiting for new orders and it's like well we can't ruin the illusion and there's too many of them for us to fight so we should just he's got this under control like now's our time he he's like pushes us off uh huh something like that when when we get back to him next week it's just like I've made a doggy daycare yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm now raising. Uh, I'm now raising. Um, uh, what are they called? Like pugger doodle, pugger doodle <laughs> versions of these orc hounds, or whatever they called lab labrapuggles. What is? Oh, they? yeah. I, I know labradoodles. I've never heard of the pug ones, but I don't know. They all sound great. Pugladors. Pugladors. They're called pug Danes. They're a pug and a great Dane that have been crossbred together. Oh. Uh, because of their because of how opposite they are, they're born inside entirely inside out. They don't last very long. There you go. By the way, everyone needs to look at the uh, the Wikipedia picture of this. Person. No, is this real? <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> he pioneered the trash TV format. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, right. That's obviously you were talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Morton Downey Jr. Show. Jesus Christ. Okay. But yeah, um, just the idea of him like signaling you off and like going in a different direction and like he's going to lead people, he's going to lead them this way and give you guys time to escape could give you, if nothing else, fucking breathing room. Sure. So uh, is that is that cool? You guys good to go for another hour-ish? Got it. Yeah. Three yeah. hours? Yeah. That works. <laughs> I was gonna... Three hours? Oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna say uh, if, we could, it. <laughs> if we could get out around like ten or ten thirty. Yeah, absolutely. For me. Yeah, if we could do another 
our I the the hilarious thing is my initial plan had been for you guys to be so much farther along with what's going on. And I was just like, well, there's just a good opportunity to deal with this. And then we just went down a crazy rabbit hole. Yeah, that's not surprising to me at all. That's like exactly what I figured was happening. Yeah. Not in the slightest. No. All right. Well, this in a way helps us get back on track. Careful. For those who have, I have to really decide what I'm going to say before I jump into that voice because <laughs> it's, I'm always like, and then, oh shit. <laughs> Therefore, because I don't know if the two hands could be like, like walk in. Yeah, that would actually be very funny. Just all a bunch of like, hand puppet sh shadow puppets <laughs> i find that very hey, hilarious Robert, are you sad oh <laughs> boy what do you say about my sister i said sister <laughs> yeah that kind of a thing that's even worse let's do that <laughs> it's the genie <laughs> yeah um but yeah so